The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman with the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Today's guest is Greg Morrison, who is a principal and managing director with Avis Young. Greg, are you there? I am. Hey, John. How you doing, my friend? Good. Good to talk to you, as always. Let's start off uh, big picture. Greg, how is the overall real estate market doing? Um, you know, John, I think uh, in the commercial real estate market right now, things are somewhat challenging. Uh, a lot of it depends on exactly what sector you're working on or focusing on. Um, but the office market in particular is uh, challenging because of the vacancy that's been created by the pandemic event. And then uh, also there's challenges out there with lenders um, in the office sector, uh, especially on the large office buildings and, and in all sectors, but office especially is having a challenging time there. Well, and talk to me a little bit about the office market. I, I get a little confused because sometimes I hear from uh, special services that it's terrible. And of course, when I pull that thread, they typically go and tell me about San Francisco and Chicago. And right. then in Central Florida, like, there's concerns, but it doesn't seem to be as bad as some of these other bigger markets. Maybe. Yeah, some of the. Is that accurate? Yeah, 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 compared to some of the major markets, you know, the really large metros like New York, Chicago, San Francisco, things like that. Um, but it is challenging. You know, what's happened in Orlando. And when we're talking about office buildings, I'm talking about, you know, significant buildings, say 100,000 square feet and up, A and B type uh, properties in downtown high rises, not just small office buildings. Um, but, we, you know, what happened because of the pandemic and the couple of years that we've been through after that is that a lot of large chunks of space have come on the market. So I've been in the Orlando market. I grew up here and I've been in commercial real estate since the mid 80s. And I will tell you, there's more large, contiguous spaces of office space in the market than I've ever seen. Wow. Um, when I say large, I mean, let's say 30,000 square feet and up to as large as, you know, 250, 300,000 square feet. So uh, the pandemic caused a lot of the large corporations to pull back and give space back or just vacate space that they weren't using. And a lot of those companies are struggling to still decide how they're going to bring their employees back to the office. Some of them aren't going to bring them back at all, uh, but a lot of them do plan to ultimately bring their employees back. So but, you know, we've been affected by that. So the vacancies in the 15, 16% range, which is not horrible, uh, but there's a lot of big chunks out there that, and there's not a lot of big new users coming to the market right now. So that's, that's what's impacted the office market the most. Smaller spaces and smaller buildings um, are still doing better, and there's a lot more activity with the smaller tenant-type users, and there's a lot more activity with the privately-owned companies versus publicly-owned. So private professional services entities, you know, law firms, architects, engineers, uh, maybe private technology companies, there's more leasing activity from those types of business than the big corporate America types. So a couple of questions with that. If if an owner has some big office spaces available, is it better to try to then try to figure a way to cut it up into smaller spaces and move it that way? Or is it better just to leave it and then try to find the deals? 
You know, you have to, um, depends on the situation that particular owner's in and, you know, where they're at um, from a leverage perspective and all the different dynamics they have to deal with. Um, but most of the landlords with large contiguous spaces are trying to hold out the best they can for larger tenants, um, but also looking at how do you subdivide maybe certain chunks. If if you have, let's say, 150, 200,000 square feet available on a couple, three or four large floors, a lot of the landlords in those situations are looking at taking a piece of it, not all of it, maybe 20% of it, 25% of it, and start carving that up and doing some smaller leases with um, smaller tenants, and partly because it just helps create momentum. Right. And as, and as you know, in our business, in the leasing side, interesting enough, momentum is a factor. And once you start getting activity and some leases happen, um, good things seem to start happening more. So, yeah, some of them are looking at not like the subdividing all of it, but just like maybe 20, 25 percent of it. I think, I think yeah. my, my lead quote from this conversation, Greg Morrison says, real estate's like college football. Momentum matters. That's what I think I'm going <laughs> to take right. from that. That's true. So, so let me ask it you this in, in that same continuum. Like, um, is there a thing with trying to better activate office buildings? And as a retail guy, here's what that means to me. It's like uh, when I think about the TV show, The Office, where they have pretzel day. Like, is there more things office buildings could be doing to have, um, I don't know if it's like events, like in retail, you like have events in your town center area to try to get activity. Is mm-hmm. there stuff like that, that like, hey, you know, we want people to come back to work, but we're going to make work fun. We're going to make work meaningful. Does, is that a thing? Yeah, it is a thing. It, it absolutely is. And I think you see that happening both with uh, the landlords who are looking at how to best amenitize their buildings. Um, especially in the suburbs, you know, the suburban markets like Lake Mary, Maitland, um, out by the University of Central Florida, down south, and the suburban markets, the landlords are looking at ways to amenitize their building with food services, fitness centers, common areas, Wi-Fi, seating areas, uh, all types of different things that they're looking at to try to amenitize the buildings, to make them more attractive for the tenants and their employees, and then the employers, I mean, I was just in a meeting yesterday with a large employer at one of the buildings we leased, and they were talking about, hey, we're trying to figure out, you know, how to make our space attractive, how to have amenities in our space that are so that our employees, when they even how the space feels and look, the furniture, the lighting, all of it, to, so that their employees are more interested in coming back and staying and working at the office more Um and getting them back in there. Most, you know, most of them are doing hybrid, like three-day work weeks, um, but they they want the employees there. Now, so. well, listen, I, I I like having employees here. I, and and continuing mm-hmm. with that college football theme, when I was in college, I never missed a, a football game. And but you know, the older I get, when you're like, gosh, do I want to go and be in this sweaty outside environment versus being in my couch with my nice TV and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think like in that world with stadiums, like some, some colleges are like make the stadium smaller, make them, make it more mm-hmm. family friendly. So everybody has more to pivot. Yeah, more comfortable. And so it's pivoting. And so the same thing of an office environment is cold and not appealing. And all of a sudden it's like it's uh, they're doing better with art or uh, volunteerism or blood drives or anything that kind of connects the community that really helps. Exactly right. And so the, the folks that are coming there to work want to be there, and they like it. It's comfortable. I mean, I was at, I was at one of the big downtown towers yesterday for a meeting, and you know the landlord was having a, a tenant event yesterday. You know, in the in the big main lobby of their building with food and 
donuts and all just all kinds of stuff. And they said, hey, we're doing this like five or six times a year now. We used to do it twice. Listen, now uh, we're doing it a bunch. I, so. re- I remember being a young guy in 93, 94 at the Landmark Center there in Robinson. And it being Christmas mm-hmm. time yeah. and having uh, violin quartets in the lobby and um, you know different kind of characters and things like that. And it was and again activating the space. And so exactly. we we look. You got to do something. You got to do something to kind of reengage and things like that. So yeah. Um, all right. Well, Greg, listen. We're going to take um, a quick break. But when we come back, my big question is going to be is asking about leadership and and counsel from CEOs. You know, I uh, you've always been a great mentor of college students and helping out. So I want to bring you back and get a little more insight that focuses on, the, on them. Is that okay? Sounds good. All right, bud. Uh, take a quick break, and we'll be right back here at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, Justice and suicide. CrossmanCB.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Once again, here's John Crossman. All right, we are back at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition with Greg Morrison. Greg, you have um, obviously had a long, successful career, and a lot of our listeners are college students and young professionals. And so I'm curious to know, as you've gone through and seen all the stuff you've seen, what are the most important traits for CEOs? So I want you to sort of visualize, if you were talking to a group of 100 college students, they're all seniors, and they all want to be in CEOs, what are the traits that you would say, like, hey, students, you've got to be great at blank to be a great CEO? Well, I mean, you know, being a great CEO takes a lot of different things. You know, clearly it takes a lot of hard work and, and discipline and focus to get there from from day one. Um, but I, I would say, of all the things, uh, John, um, commu- being a good communicator would be one of the keys uh, for being a good leader and a good CEO of a company. And I would say to you that young kids and, and adults that are out there in college, working their way up and getting ready to get in the real world. Get a good education, get the knowledge, uh, get your MBA if you like. Um, but while you're doing that, um, put yourself in situations and in internships or jobs where you learn to be a good communicator with people. Um, you learn, um, frankly, to listen well to the people that you deal with on a daily basis and communicating back to them on a daily basis. That's going to be a big factor in your success early on as you're working your way through your career. And then when you, if you do in fact end up being a CEO one day, being able to communicate with your team and your employees um, is critical. 
And that's a huge part of companies being successful, especially at the top. I'm going to, uh, that's awesome. I'm going to come back and want to break that down, what you said, because there's a lot of meat in there. The first one was mm-hmm. hard work. Uh, I th- tend to think sometimes kids graduate from college and they're like, yeah, I'm going to show up 8.30 and work hard till noon and then have a long lunch and come back at 1 and then work really hard till 5.30 and then I'll be in my car at 5.31. And, right. um, you know, I've started saying to students is, hey, think about this. What if you got in the office ready to go at 8.15 and left at 5.45? I'm not telling you work 50 hours a week. I'm telling you work 42.5. And so... I do think that some students don't understand, like, when, when we say hard work, part of that is time. You have to work a significant right. amount of time. And some people never understand that. But that is part of it, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah, you've you got to put in the effort. And I think, you know, when you go into your career and you're going into a job, you should always want to go above and beyond what the average person in your office and company is doing. Yeah. And that's what you're talking about. If I was working for you, I would beat you in every day. I would learn your patterns and beat, beat Greg in every day, and I would never <laughs> leave until you left. I'm serious. That's what I would do. And you're absolutely right. You're yeah. absolutely right. That pattern. Yep. Uh, when you talk about communication, it's very interesting. So I have uh, two college-age daughters in college, and one of the things I have to remind them is, hey, guys, make sure you turn on your emails, right? Like, there was a real thing when I start pointing out, like, you have an inbox, go in and look at it and return your emails. The funnier one is, Greg, because they're my daughters, I write them a handwritten letter every week. Every single week, I Mm -hmm. send them a little note in the mail because they're in college. I just want to just, it basically just says, I love you. I'm proud of you. I have like a little scripture thing or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like the dang Pony Express, um, like, because they don't check their mailbox very often. Like, um, I sent them a Halloween card a week ago and like uh, one of them hasn't got it yet because I don't think she's been by her mailbox. And so the reason why I'm telling that story is like, when you say communication, what I hear is answer your phone, return your emails, return your texts, communicate means respond. Like, and then it also means reach out. Like, you know, um, gosh, I had something crazy. I remember calling you about, or you called me about, we were talking about something and it was, we were both kind of looking around the corner, like we're communicating about something. But on the other hand, it's like, you got to respond. And you and I both know people that just don't return emails or they don't return phone calls. I don't know how they make it. They just don't respond. And, uh, when I was doing retail leasing, I can't tell you how many times I have a prospect tell me I was the only person that returned their phone call. I heard it all the time, mm-hmm. right? So yep. you, when you I, say I communicate, hear it, I hear it today, right? Yeah. So you have to respond, right? That's what you're yeah. saying. It, it seems respond simple. Respond and, and and pick up the phone. And, and you know when you when you've been emailing back and forth with people, a lot of times you're better off just picking up the phone and calling them and talking to them. Or if you're they're in the office and you're emailing back and forth and you're maybe dealing with a complicated issue you're trying to figure out communicate it how to communicate it go talk to them right big difference and uh yeah it's you can't just rely on email i um and a lot of in text email and texting you just can't rely on that alone you know when my girls were in middle school and high school i would make them call a pizza restaurant and order a pizza or i'd make them make a reservation at a hotel we were going to a vacation i'd make them make the call and they used to joke mm-hmm. with me. They'd look at me and they'd go, Dad, it's scary. <laughs> I wouldn't talk to a person. Or I, we'd go to Publix and I would give them a list and I'd say, find these items. And they'd say, well, what if I can't find them? I'm like, see that guy in a green shirt? Go ask him. And they were petrified. Yeah. But but look, this happened to me today. I had been emailing with a guy and in my brain, I think he was kind of a jerk. And then I called him about the issue and he was so kind, it completely changed my perspective on the issue, Right. And it was just hearing his mm-hmm. tone of voice. And so that was one of your points. You said, listen well. And part of listening well is the information. But also it's like, 
social cues, right? Their tone, their demeanor, and maybe what else they've got going on in their life, right? You know? That's right. Like, I I try to go to people's offices and look at their desk, you know? It's like, if they got 14 different golf balls on their desk, maybe ask them about golf, right? Like, like what are they Mm -hmm. interested in? And and know that, you know? That's Um, right. I I, I gave a lecture um, recently at UF, and a kid responded, and at the end of the day, they write, uh, go Gators on their thing. And I was like... Well, I'm not hiring that kid. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but the joke being is like, but I always tell kids, like, don't say go Knowles or go Gators. Like, you don't know what they are. Like, look them right. up. Maybe they went to Colorado or something. Like, know what they, they did. And then the other thing I heard you say was you, you, you acknowledge education. And I felt like you were saying seek real world knowledge, right? Like and experience. I, 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 experience. Yeah. It's both. And, you know, it's funny. I got some kids I've been talking to. They're graduating soon and they're freaked out. Because they're like, the market's bad. And I told some reason, like, man, what if you called on a, a guy like a Greg Morris, and I didn't really say you, but a guy like you, and say, hey, I'm graduating in a master's degree in real estate. Could I come work for you for free and just get paid fees based on deals that get closed that I help get in? And I'm like, guys, yeah. that might sound crazy, but even if somebody pitched you on that, wouldn't you be impressed, right? I would be. Yeah. I mean, I mean even, even if you didn't hire him, you'd be like calling me or other people and say, hey, you need to hire this dude. I mean, because the kid's... It's like they could they could lean into a space of hey just don't worry about the paycheck yet learn a, a focus on learning that's what I hear you saying yeah yeah we we had a uh, intern in this last summer a good good young guy from FSU worked real hard did a nice job for us um, I told him in the end I said look you did a great job next step I'm going to tell you right now go out and put yourself in a position um, in a job or an internship that you're uncomfortable with mm-hmm. okay. Like where you're, you know, and when I say that, I mean from a communication standpoint, you know, where you've got to go out and really get in front of people and talk to them and listen and learn and um, try to grow from that standpoint, not just the knowledge side, but how to communicate with people. And, you know, when I was in college, I, I sold books door to door in college for the Southwestern Company and for three or four summers, and it was the best thing I ever did um, because what I learned how to do was communicate with people. Um, in a pretty challenging atmosphere, um, but I learned how to listen to people and understand what they wanted to accomplish and how to take what I was selling and you know pitch them on it. And it goes back to what I was saying: learn, you know, be a good listener. God gave you two ears and one mouth, and you should use them in that proportion. You know, it's so, so funny. Uh, thank yeah. you. I I, uh, I I'm buying an office building right now, Greg. Buying an office building, and um, hopefully next time I talk to you, I'll be like, we've closed on or about to close. And, okay. and then in my role, um, I'm, I'm, I'm asset manager on this deal, right? And so um, I am so grateful that I have a relationship with you and a handful of other people that I can call up and say, hey, <laughs> what am I doing, right? I have to learn. I have to have some humility. I have to ask questions. I have to listen or it's not going to go well, right? So right. hopefully we're always doing that. Um, Greg Morrison, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for your, your wisdom on the market and thanks for your wisdom uh, for young professionals. And, and I really appreciate all you do to coach so many people like you do. So thank you. Thank you, John. Enjoyed it. All right. Uh, that's been Greg Morrison, who is a principal and managing director with Avis, Avis Young. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back for our final segment. Crossmock Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments 
analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. As the largest property tax practice in North America, Ryan's professionals possess the local footprint and knowledge, backed by a team with national expertise to help organizations minimize their property tax liabilities and ensure valuations are fair and accurate. With the Florida tax appeal deadlines approaching rapidly, local experts at Ryan work proactively with many jurisdictions across Florida well in advance of the August trim notice mailing to ensure our clients receive maximum tax savings. Guys, I use Ryan, and I hope you will too. Once again, here's John Crossman. All right, we're back here for the final segment. Uh, Mike Gillen, uh, how'd hey, you like my that? friend. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How'd you like Greg Morrison? Greg Morrison, what a he, he's not only knowledgeable, but he, he has this ability to explain very clearly. Right. And that came through in this interview. Um, you know how like sometimes in life you meet people and you're impressed by them or you don't like them or you're not impressed by like whatever. Greg is like a good guy and he has been that good guy. I've known him 30 years Mm -hmm. and he's been the same solid good guy. And whenever I talk to him, he's so calm. He's calm. Yeah. He's sort of reassuring um, and he's logical and he's patient. It's like, you want to take that call. Like if Greg's on the phone, you're like, I want to take that call. Or, you know, like I got this project we're working on. I'd love to do a deal with him. I want to do business with him because he's just like our kind of people. You You know, when you think about all of the intricacies of real estate and in a time like this, especially it is nice to have somebody with that calm, assuring voice on the other end. That's what he seems like he has. Yeah. And and then, you know, we were talking about like activating the space and things like that. He's a thinker, you know, he's not just sitting there like saying, Oh my gosh, the world's bad and we can't get deals done. It's like, okay, well let's pivot. Let's do things. Let's come up with different ideas and let's make adjustments. Like I asked him about like, you know, you know, making the space smaller, and he had a great answer for that. Like, mm-hmm. and it depends on it. You know, sometimes yes, sometimes you hold out, but he's thinking that through, right? He's yeah. thinking that through and that, you know, the world's different and that some companies, employees don't want to come back to work. And I, I have mixed feelings about that, Mike. It's like, I get it. It's like, Hey, if they are super efficient from home, great. Um, but some probably are not super efficient from home. Yeah. So that's a balance. You know, I'm hearing that more and more that uh, there's the discovery that this whole thing about working remotely it has its downsides, oh. and it you lose the energy, you lose the focus very quickly. It It is convenient for the employee or for the person that's working from home, but there's a lot to be said about being right there where the action is. You know what I think it's like is sometimes people as parents will say, well, I don't have a, a quantity of time with my kids, but I have quality time. And I'm like, I hear you, and that's good, Yeah, but sometimes with kids... You have it's, to have quality, quantity. You have to just because there's time yeah. because like life happens, right? I think it's the same thing in the work environment, mm-hmm. right? Like I plan out my day, but how many days in the middle of the day do I get a phone call from somebody like, hey, John, would you help on this deal right yeah. now? Right. And whoever is in the office at that moment is who I'm gravitating towards at that moment, yeah. right? Like if somebody, a young buck wanted more time with me, well, like, well, guess what, dude? You know, if you're around, we'll get more time together. That's if right. If you're not around, we won't. So there's, I, I'm not trying to dismiss completely on that at home. Cause I do think there's some, I, I do some work at home and I think it can be productive, but time with people matters, right? It's really great for you. I'm sure to have a guy like, like Greg to 
Give a call when you need that advice. Oh my gosh. And so, yeah, that resource, and that takes us over to the, the council part. I mean, the, the, the advice he gave about for, um, for young people, want mm-hmm. to be CEOs, when he talked about that communication, again, that was one of those words that can sound empty in the sense of like, well, what does that mean? But like, return your phone calls, man. Return your emails. Like Simple as that. Look, he he's a big time player, right? Yeah. He's super busy, you know? But man, I know that if I, well, when I emailed him about, would you come be on the show? It's like that fast. Yeah. He's like, yes. Yeah. I mean, he's on it. Right. And there's a lot to be said of like, just respond. And if he had said no, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. But you don't sit there forever and wondering what, what's Greg thinking? Like he's letting you know. And then I also, I just really, really loved him sort of talking about that, the knowledge, right? Like, you know, academia is important, but man, there's nuanced stuff. And yeah. maybe it's because like, he's the best at that. Maybe he's the best at that I've seen. If somebody that like, he does respond, he listens well he picks up on subtext, right? He sort of knows who the person is, you know, um, all of that, right? Like, That's again, right. when you go to the earlier yeah. thing, when you talked about momentum, I never thought about saying that in office, you know, but like, he's so aware that he's right. trying to say that to young people, you have got to be aware and you can't be aware unless you get time and you listen and you're picking things up. That's well said, my friend. Yeah. yeah that was yeah. a great interview. Yeah. No, listen, he's, uh, we've, we've lived similar careers in different buckets, mine being retail and him being in office. Anyway, uh, as always, Mike, thanks for being here with me. It's my joy, my friend. Another great one here on the Crossman Conversation, CEO Edition. Until next time. This has been the Crossman Conversation, CEO Edition, with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.